Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Good morning, Love City Church. Happy New Year. Come on, January 3rd, our first Sunday of the year. Come on, we worshiped uh, this morning, just our team here, a few of us here, and it was fantastic. Come on, what a great time of worship. Thank you, Pastor James, for leading us so well. Uh, And come on, 2021 is going to be an amazing year, and we're so glad you're with us this morning. Come on, just in a couple of days, next Sunday, uh, our 21 days of prayer and fasting starts. Uh, Come on, from January 10th to the 31st, and my prayer would be is that you would join me, join uh, us as we uh, pray and fast together and as we uh, kind of just start on a journey to believe that uh, January 2021, even though we literally have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, it's like walking out on a, on a lake that's icy, you know, you're just not quite sure, you're like stepping out to make sure it doesn't break through. <laughs> is it deep enough yet? Is the, is the ice thick enough? Um, you know, that's kind of how I feel about 2021 a little bit, but all we know is that we want to believe that whatever God has in store, We want to be with it. We want to be behind it. We don't want to be in front of the ark of God. We want to be behind the ark of God. We want to believe that in 2021, that it's not our way, but God's way, man. Not our agenda, but God's agenda, right? Come on, not our church, not our vision, but God's vision, right? And so we want to believe that this year, God is going to do something great, uh, and we want to join together and fast. So come on, come on. Over the, the last month, I've been praying for the church, praying, God, where do you want to, where do you want to go this next year in your word? And there's a few things specifically God's been really speaking to my heart, and I'm really excited about some of the direction we're going to head. We're going to do a little, uh, um, we've always done Bible teaching, but we're going to spend just, uh, I just feel like the Lord wants me to keep to teach the scripture, te- teach the word directly from the word, and we've always done that, but I want to continue to do that this year. And one thing I've been really thinking about, I was in my, I have a shed outside that I sit in and pray in my little, my little shed, and I turn on a fire, and I sit out there, and I pray, and Man, I just felt like uh, this phrase came to me, church, it's time to pray. Come on, church, it's time to pray. And I just thought about this last year, as you know, and I I, kind of want to vow to not talk much more about 2020 after today. Come on, somebody. But I'm just going to take a couple of seconds. Last year, we felt out of control. Last year, we felt like we didn't know what was going to go on, what was going to happen. It felt like there was going to be no end. It felt like Things just weren't going to quite, quite, uh, you know, pan out like we hoped they would pan out. You know, at the end of the year, we just honestly felt like I was out of control, and I kind of felt like, man, the government's not in control, and I'm not in control, and I realized something. God showed me this. The Holy Spirit reminded me that in John chapter 16, as you've read it before, that God says, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Don't be afraid. I have overcome the world. I'm in charge. I'm sovereign. I'm on the throne. I'm in control. Don't worry. Don't fret. The only responsibility you have, Ryan, outside of obviously living a godly life and all those different nuances, but, but as, a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, Ryan, you've got to pray. Come on, church, you've got to pray because the only one who's in control of this whole thing, the only one who's sovereign, the only one who has more control and more sovereignty than the government, the only one that has more control and more sovereignty than your life is God, the creator of the universe. And so, come on, church, we got to pray this year. We, gotta, we got nothing left. Come on, we got to pray. We got to talk to Jesus and say, all right, Lord, like, what are we going to do? Come on, God, we need your help. We need your guidance. We need your power. We need your mercy. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, Ryan, stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to look at the, you know, all these people, conspiracy theories. And is it the end of the world? And what's the government going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, but God sure does. 
So why don't we spend some time praying and talking to the Lord? And so I want to just spend this time uh, for the next four weeks helping us understand that when we pray, supernatural things happen in the natural world. When we pray, God moves. When we pray, God heals. When we pray, God saves. When we pray, God transforms. When we pray, miracles happen. When we pray, the super happens in the natural. Come on, the supernatural happens in our natural worlds. Church 2021, it's time to pray. We got nothing else. (laughs) I got nothing left in my my tool belt. We got to pray. I'm not wise enough. I ain't smart enough. You're not either. I hate to break it to you, but we just aren't as smart as we think we are. But guess what? Our God is. And he can give us wisdom and guidance and help us on our journey. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to simply take the next four weeks, walk through the Bible, walk through some verses together, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna study the Bible. And I want to take a passage of Scripture today. We're going to walk through it, and just by the end of our time, we'll have walked through this section of Scripture to help you just kind of understand you know, this idea of prayer and, and you know, really uh, how can I pray and what does it look like to pray and, and what, what, what breakthrough comes when we pray. And, and I just want to address some things that I feel like the Holy Spirit put on my heart for you as you're watching today. You might be an old Christian or maybe you're a new Christian or maybe you're watching today and you're not a follower of Christ at all. But I want to encourage you today to know that every single person watching today has an opportunity to communicate with the creator of the world. You have an opportunity to create communicate with the, the, uh, the author and the finisher of your faith, with the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega, uh, our, our Savior, our, as my wife points out to me on a daily basis, which I thank for, for that, that he is our wonderful counselor and that he listens and that he hears and that we just need to talk to him. And so I want to read, turn in your Bibles if you're at home. Come on, this is a paper Bible. And you can open it up. You also got your digital Bible too right here. And you can open that up too. But we're going to read some verses here today. But before I do, I want to read just a couple of, John Wesley said this, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with prayer, everything with it. Come on, Martin Luther said this, none can believe how powerful prayer is and what it is able to affect but those who've learned it by experience. So you won't know the supernatural power of prayer until you pray. (laughs) And so if you start praying this year, when you're saying, right, does that mean I got to lock myself in a closet for five hours a day? No, you're just going to start opening your mouth and talking to your creator and supernatural things will begin to happen in the natural world and you'll begin to experience it and you'll say, I can attest to the powerful things that happen through uh, a simple prayer of faith in my life. And so, come on, we're going to read in the book of James chapter 5. This letter was written by James, most likely James's half, or Jesus' half-brother, and it was written to uh, Jewish Christians who were facing tremendous persecution. Uh, they were also being taken into court by rich people. They were very poor. These Christians were very, very poor, and these uh, wealthier people were taking them to court, and so they were experiencing some definite social tensions that were going on, and the, the readers were facing tremendous persecution, and James wrote this letter, and it wasn't to one church. It was to lots of churches, and it was actually circulated through a bunch of different uh, churches so that they would all read this and really stay on track during this challenging time that we're facing. So come on, verse 13. I'm going to be reading from the NIV today, and I'm going to try to read it from my Bible, but also put it up here. So give me some grace as I try to do that. But it says this. I'm just going to put this here, and I'll put this here, and I'm reading from my Bible, but I'm going to put it here. Okay. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? 
Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens give rain, and the earth produced its crops. And so here, James is writing this letter. It's basically his final words to the churches. And he takes his final words and says, okay, I want to remind you, church, it's time to pray. Come on, I'll remind you after everything that I just said to you, it's time to pray. He's saying, gosh, I know that it's been rough. I know that you've experienced difficulty. I know you've experienced financial hardship. I know that you've experienced persecution. I know that things have not been easy in this past, but I want you to know, church, it's time to pray. Church, it's time to gather together. It's time to see people healed. Come on, it's time to see uh, sins forgiven. It's time to see people's lives transformed. Church, it's time to pray together. And here James mentions three specific things in this verse. And what's interesting about these is that these three things can impact your connection and your communication with God. He mentions a natural problem that has a supernatural solution. He, this is very interesting because these things he mentions can either become uh, a hindrance to keep you from praying, or it can be a launching pad to get you to pray. These things either will keep you in a position of wanting to communicate with God or not believing God can do the impossible or not believing in faith that we serve a holy God or it will bring you to a place where you recognize that all I have left is to talk to God. And so we see these things here that are really a real part of our lives and they position us one way or the other and we can just choose to talk to God, and we will begin to see supernatural things happen in our natural world, a supernatural solution to a natural problem. So he mentions the first thing, is there anyone among you uh, in trouble? Trouble is the word, it means to, to suffer ongoing difficulties or hardships, to be in distress or, or to have extreme anxiety. So this is an ongoing problem you're facing that's causing you to feel extreme stress or difficulty. Maybe it's a, a family member who's been uh, facing difficulty for a long time, or maybe it's a tragedy or a difficulty you've had with your family, your, your father or your mother or a family member, or you're facing something difficult in your life, but there's an extreme challenge you're facing. James uses this word again just to Three verses prior to this in uh, verse 10 and 11, for examples of patience, here's the word, in suffering or trouble. Dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endured, here's the word again, under, under suffering. And he says this, for instance, you know about Job. And this is the example he uses. A man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him. At the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. You know the story of Job. Job lost um, his entire wealth, his entire business. All of his family died. And then eventually he ended up losing his health. 
So this is the description that James uses to define what suffering actually is, what trouble actually is, to lose loved ones and to lose a job and to lose your finances and to lose all of your possessions and to ultimately lose your health. And yet still Job endured under and in that suffering. So you might not be struggling quite like this. Your trouble might be a little different this year. It might be a major job loss that's impacted your family and the way you live your life. Or maybe it's a marriage problem where you guys have been trying to work your marriage out for a long time and you're committed to staying married, but it's been hard. Or maybe it's a child who has been you know, wayward or maybe not been uh, listening to you and been disobedient or whatever it might be, the trouble that you're facing, he says, when we when we have trouble in our lives, we should pray. And then he talks about the second one. Is anyone among you sick? Now, this word sick is used all throughout the Gospels to define physical sickness. So yes, it means physical sickness. So maybe you're, you're watching today and you've got sickness in your body. Maybe you, you struggled with migraines or maybe you've, got, maybe you've had a cancer report or maybe you've had you know, epilepsy or, 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 or whatever it might be in your life. You're facing, maybe you've had a fever or maybe you have COVID for goodness sakes. Like maybe you're watching today and you're facing some sort of illness in your life. You're, you're here today watching saying, I have sickness in my body. But interestingly enough, this word, if you look at the, the Greek definition of the word, the word actually means without strength or helpless, or powerless, out of control, in need, or poor, impotent. It means unable to take effective action. This word is actually used by Paul all throughout his writings to define those who are weak in faith. So it's not just a physical sickness, it's also a spiritual sickness. So maybe you're here today and you're flagging in your faith coming into 2021 and last year you were, come on, gung-ho and you had your New Year's resolutions figured out and your plan. And this year you're like, you know, no way, man, I ain't doing that. Like, like I feel like I'm lacking in faith. I feel like I don't have enough faith to even barely pray for my meal, for goodness sakes. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. You're flagging in your faith. Your faith is weak. And, or maybe you're spiritually weak or you feel like, man, I'm just not where I used to be or I feel far from God, or I'm not as close as I used to be like I was last year. This year beat, 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 beat the faith out of me, and now I feel like I'm flagging. I'm weak in my faith or my walk with God. And so this is talking about not only physical sickness, but a spiritual sickness. And then he talks about, he says, if they've sinned. So then he talks about the idea of sin. And here, obviously, the word sin here means when you miss the mark. It's when you've deviated from the truth. It's when you've done an unintentional error or a willful transgression in your life. You may be here watching today and you know that you're far from the truth. You know you're far from God. You know that you're not living a life that pleases the Lord. You know that you're not living a life that adheres to his word. You are aware of it and you're shackled by it and you're stuck in your sin and you're stuck in your guilt and you're stuck in your shame. And you say, there is no way that I am in a position to be able to talk to God. I'm facing so much trouble in my life. This has been an ongoing problem for so long that I'm to the point now where I don't even think that I know what to say to God. Maybe I've had this sickness in my life and I'm starting to feel like I've done something wrong and I'm starting to feel like there's something wrong with me or I I just, my faith, like I've just been so much doubt in my life and I just feel like I I just, I, I can't even open my mouth and mutter the words to talk to God, like let alone like, like even like think about having a quote unquote prayer life. I'm just not in a place where I 
can talk to the Lord. See, these three things are things that every one of us struggles with in humanity, and they all are a hindrance to our communication with God. They leave us powerless, they leave us out of control, and they leave us in a place often where we don't feel like we're good enough to turn to God. One of the main reasons we struggle with these three areas and they, they keep us from communicating with God is because often what the enemy likes to do is begin to tell lies to us to make us believe that God has something to do with this. We begin to believe that maybe, you know, I've been facing this hardship for so long. I begin to wonder, like, God, why would you do such this, this thing? Why would you do this thing to me? Why would God do bad things to good people? I've been a good person. I go to church. I do my thing. Why is this happening to me? God, you think God is the author of your trouble. I think God is the, is the instigator of the problem and that God is to blame for the situation that you're facing or maybe you're weak in faith and you feel like God, God, God has definitely distanced himself from me. I've tried to read my Bible. I've tried to pray. I've tried to go to church. I've tried this whole Christianity thing. I've tried to lean in, but it just feels like God keeps taking a step back every time I take a step in. Or maybe you're sticking body. You say, you know what? I've been told by people that it's because I've sinned in my life and there's something wrong with me. And that like, like God, like, did you make me like this? And God, I see everyone else getting healed, but why am I not getting healed? And I pray and I fast and I do all the right things. Or maybe you're like, God, I've been sinning in my life. And I feel like you made me this way. And I feel like I ask you for help and I just can't seem to overcome it. And no matter how much I ask you for help, God, I, I want you to, to do something you don't. See, what happens is, is that when we face trouble and, and we face physical or, or spiritual sickness or sin, the enemy wants to begin to make us believe that God is somehow instigating these things in our lives to keep us from wanting to communicate with him. And see, we have to understand something that God is not involved in that. God, in James, just a few chapters prior, he says, remember when you're being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone. He doesn't tempt you to do wrong. He doesn't lead you into sin. He doesn't lead you into a place where you'll do wrong. God doesn't distance himself from you. God is present. He's omnipresent. He's with you at all times. He is but a breath away from you. Or maybe just a few verses later in verse 16, don't be misled, dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived into thinking that, that God does bad things to good people because whatever is good and whatever is perfect is a gift coming down from, from us, from our God, our Father, who created all the lights in heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. All things that are good come from God. But the bad things that happen in your life, those are not a gift from God. God did not punish you. He's not turning himself against you. These are not the things that God does for you. Why? Because our, our God is loving and our God is compassionate. You and I live in a fallen world. And we live in a fallen world where trouble happens, where sickness happens, where spiritual, we waver in our spirituality, where, our, where sin happens in our life. We live in a fallen world. But not only that, we also sometimes make some stupid decisions to get ourselves in a mess. But the responsibility and the onus isn't on God. But I want you to know something. Even though God does not cause trouble in our life or sin in our life or sickness in our life, guess what he does? He uses it for his glory. See, what God does is he wants these things to not be the repellent from turning to God. He wants them to be the foundation for which we turn to God. 
He wants these things to be a place where we find ourselves on our knees in need for God, saying, God, I got trouble, so let me pray. God, I got sickness in my spirit. I got sickness. I'm flogging in my faith. I've got a physical sickness in my body. God, I'm struggling in sin. I need you, God. He uses these things to cause us to come to our knees so that we will recognize our need for him. He uses these things to remind us that he is the wonderful counselor, that he is our friend, that he is our helper, that he's our companion, that he's our help in our time of need, that he is there for us no matter what, that when it leaves us feeling forsaken, and we feel lost, and we feel lonely, and we feel broken, and we feel disconnected from God, those are the moments when God says, okay, open your mouth and talk to me. I am your wonderful counselor. Say, okay, Ryan, I admit, I'm facing some trouble. I'm facing some sickness. I'm facing some sin. I admit, that's where I'm at. On whatever degree that might be for you today, you say, well, that's where I'm at. I want you to know I got good news for you today. See, the author here, James, gives us the spiritual solution to these natural and spiritual problems. He gives us the solution. Look what he says. Is anyone among you in trouble? Are you facing distress? Let them pray. You say, oh, that's too simple. No, he just says, just open your mouth and talk to God. Stop trying to pursue, which I encourage you to get counseling if you need it. Please do. But I'm saying, first, try your wonderful counselor. You might save yourself $190. Try your wonderful counsel. Just try to talk to God about your problems. Remember, he formed you in your mother's womb. He knows something about you. He is your wonderful counselor. He, He is ready to listen. He is ready to hear you. The trouble that you are facing is not too big for God. You say, Ryan, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to Pray, guess what? You have a Holy Spirit who wants to help you, Romans 8, 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So Ryan, then what do I say? Holy Spirit, I don't know what to pray. Holy Spirit, I don't know how to handle the situation. Holy Spirit, I don't know how to do this. Holy Spirit, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me right now, Holy Spirit? I need you to pray for me with groans that cannot be expressed because I don't know how to handle this marriage or I don't know how to take care of these finances or I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. God, Holy Spirit, I need you. And guess what happens? God does something supernatural in your natural world. God causes everything to work together to the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Who causes it? Not Trudeau, not Trump or Biden or whoever the heck's going to be the president. God causes. There is a supernatural solution to a natural problem. And this all started with you opening your mouth and just saying, all right, God, I need you. I don't know what to pray, but I need you. Come on, it says, are you sick in body? He says this, call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them. I love this because a lot of times when we talk about prayer, we see pictures of people in a massive cathedral praying with their hands closed, which is fine. You can do that, but just hear me out here for a minute. All alone, isolated. This is saying, 
Prayer is not just about you being alone. Prayer is about the community, the church of God. When we have a problem or we're sick or we're facing a flagging of our faith, what do we do? We draw away from the, the, the community of God. Here the verse says, lean into your group. Lean into your community. Lean into this opportunity. And look what it says. This is a community, a communal thing that when you are flagging in your faith, when you are experiencing sickness in your body, you need to get to your group so that they can pray for you. And the spiritual leaders in that place. And yes, I'm an elder in this church. Yes, and for those of you saying, what's an elder? We'll talk about that another day. Let's just go over here from now. People who have spiritual authority in the house of God. I want to tell you today, every group leader in this church has spiritual authority by the power of God. Why? Because they've been called by God to lead people in their walk with Jesus Christ. So if you can't get to an elder, get to the next best thing, a follower of Jesus Christ who loves the Lord, who believes in faith, that when I pray to God, he is answers me. Come on, don't wait for the queue of people to get to a certain holy man. I ain't no holy man. Get to somebody right in front of you. Get to a leader in your house. Get into the group. Lean into your group and look what the scripture says and the prayer offered in faith. Come on. I'm not the only person who has faith. You got faith too. Your group leaders got faith. Your co-group leaders got faith. They got faith. It will make the sick person well. Look at that word. That's the Greek word sozo. That's a powerful word. That word sozo is the word whole, complete, healed. It means to rescue someone from danger or destruction. It means to rescue someone from great peril, to bring someone home safe from a challenging and difficult journey. It's the word used that whenever someone gave their life to Christ and it says they became saved. It's the word used to be delivered from demonic oppression, sozo. How did this start? You didn't lean out from community. You leaned into community. You went to your group. You said, guys, I am physically sick. Come on, people. I am experiencing difficulty in my faith. I need you to lay your hands on me. I need you to anoint me with oil. I need you to pray for me. Lay your hands on me and pray for me and believe that I'm going to experience some sozo up in here. The Lord will raise them up. That phrase, raise them up, means this. Wake up! shake you out of your slumber. He said the same thing to Lazarus. Lazarus, the same phrase. Wake up. Come forth. Come on. He's going to cause there to be a fresh faith, a new faith, and a life faith. Come on, look what it says. And then he says this. If you sinned, they'll be forgiven. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit later about the connection of sin and the sickness and body and sickness of faith and those things, but it's interesting. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Okay, you're experiencing sin in your life. What do you want to do? When you sin, what do you want to do? You want to run like Adam and Eve did and hide. You want to go be alone. You want to stay in your shame and your guilt. But here it says, oh, no, 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 no. Go to your group and confess your sin. Now, this might get a little weird, okay? That word actually confess means freely, publicly, and openly. Now, I want to make you a promise. If you go to your group this next week and you've got sin in your life, and I would encourage you maybe to do it in your huddle, huddle with your guys on the huddle with the girls. Hey, guys, 
this is how I've sinned. Man, I've been looking at pornography or man, I had an affair or I spent my money uh, incorrectly or I've been dealing with pride or man, I've been greedy or I've been struggling with this or man, I didn't realize this was a sin in my life, but I had this in my life. You confess that sin out loud when these men and these women lay their hands on you and pray for you. Look what the scripture says. You will be healed. That word healed in the Greek means cured. Now that doesn't mean you won't deal with sin anymore. That means you're going to experience Jesus because Jesus is the cure. You're going to experience the ministry of Jesus in your life. Man, I'm talking about what church should look like. Come on, church. You think prayer is you going into your closet, shutting your door and being by yourself? It is. But it's also about the community of God, doing it together, openly confessing, praying for one another, doing this together. This is where revival comes from. Is when church, we begin to pray and recognize that there is a supernatural uh, impact in the natural world when your trouble and your sickness and your sin is dealt with with a supernatural solution of leaning into the community of God and asking God to come and help us. Now, you say, okay, Ryan, how, how can I pray those prayers? It's very simple, very, actually very simple. It says the prayer of faith and the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's, there's three criterias for you to be able to pray supernatural prayers. Number one, they're effective. Now, another translation says this, the effective prayer. So the, the word is active. So the word active means you're actually doing it. <laughs> That's just what it means. You're actually opening your mouth and audibly speaking out to God. That's the first criteria. You gotta open your mouth. You gotta be active in your prayer. The second criteria is righteous. Why, well, Ryan? I ain't righteous. Well, goodness gracious, neither am I. But the blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sin. Have you accepted the grace of, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ in your life? Have you embraced his forgiveness and said, yes? Well, guess what? You're made righteous in the sight of God. Well, not only that, but it says, by faith. Well, do you believe that God exists? And do you believe God hears you when you pray? Okay, well, you're praying, you've got faith, you're bought by the blood of Jesus. Guess what? Your prayers have much power. That's it. Well, Ryan, I don't kind of like be this holy person. No, you just got to be somebody who accepts the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. You got to have faith and believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You got to actually open your mouth and vocalize this prayer. And guess what? Supernatural things are going to start happening according to God's will in your life. There is going to be a supernatural work of God in your life in 2021. Why? Because you stop thinking that you are disqualified from praying supernatural natural prayers. Now, now um, I'm going to jump into this story later in our series, but I, I want to just to make this one last mention as we end our time together. James is talking about prayer and the community, and then he pulls this Old Testament prophet, just randomly throws in, of all the people he could choose from, he chose Elijah. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Now, Elijah was a mighty, powerful prophet of God. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain for three years, and it didn't rain. Elijah prayed that it would rain, and it rained. Elijah stood toe-to-toe with 400 prophets of Baal and called down fire from heaven. 
Elijah caused oil to, to help a widow, and she was fed for many years. Elijah brought people back from the dead. Elijah was fed food and water for, for weeks by a, a crow. <laughs> Elijah was a mighty, mighty, powerful man of God, but Elijah was also suicidal. Elijah also struggled with depression. Elijah also had moments where he thought he was left alone. Elijah had moments where he wanted to give up. In 1 Kings 19, which we'll probably talk about in our series, Elijah had dark, dark moments of life where he was low and then he was up. He saw the power of God and then he was flagging in his faith. He was excited about God and then things weren't going well. Elijah was a human just like you and me. He experienced trouble. He experienced sickness in his faith and sickness even in his body. He, was, he experienced sin in his life. He was a human just like us. Yet... When Elijah prayed, he had faith. He believed in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. He opened his mouth and began to speak out prayer. And God did supernatural things in his life. He used this mighty man of God to help you and I recognize that we don't have to be a supernatural powerhouse to call on the name of God to see supernatural wonders in your life. You're just like Elijah, even as we are. So come on, in 2021, come on, will you choose to pray? In 2021, let's not let our troubles overcome you. In 2021, let's not let our sickness beat you. In 2021, let's not let our sin control you. Why? Because God listens, God answers, God moves, God transforms, God heals, God restores, God speaks, God causes all things to work to the good for his glory. God is listening. He's our wonderful counselor. He's ready to help. He's ready to guide. He's ready to partner. He's ready to go uh, do some supernatural things in your life. And so as I leave you today, and this is for your groups as well, I want to just ask you to ask these questions this week as we prepare next Sunday to fast. What is something that you're asking God to do in your life? What is something that you've been dreaming about, God's put in your heart that, were, that was in the past that you believe God's going to do in your future? What are, what are some troubles you've been facing or physical sickness or flag the faith struggle or, or sin struggle? What are you struggling with this year? We're going to bring those before God. And I want to, I want to make you a, a Holy Spirit promise again that if you begin to open your mouth by faith, a righteous prayer, they are effective and they are powerful and you're going to see transformation in your life like never before. And it won't be anything that you did. It'll be just by the power of God because you said, all right, God, I finally need you in my life. He says, hey, let's go. Come on, 2021. Let's see supernatural things done in your life. Amen, let me pray for you. Lord, we say thank you that you would even take the time to listen to wretched people like us. Lord, we love you. We thank you that your word is so clear, so simple. It's a matter of causing our voice to open up and just be honest with you. This year, I pray that we would not be closed lips Christians. We wouldn't be tight-lipped in our difficulty and our challenges. We would be open. We would be vulnerable. And we'd be authentic. And we would be true to who we are. 
and we would express our need for you and that 2021 would be the year. God, I don't know what's going to happen in our world, but Lord, my prayer, I'm not worried about the world. I'm worried about our walk with God. I'm worried about us knowing you better. I'm worried about each individual watching today experiencing life change in 2021, all because they chose to open their mouth and talk to their creator. We love you in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.